Alright, I don't have Keegan today to do intros, so it's not going to be as good as they usually are with him. But, um, hi everybody, and thank you for joining us uh, on today's episode of One with the Films. We're doing a bruise and bullshit episode, so we're going to be talking about the Latinification of modern media. And uh, for that, we have got uh, myself, a Latina creator, I'm Naf, uh, on Second Thought. Um, I talk film, TV, uh, and a hell of a lot of Star Wars. Um, and uh, instead of our usual co-host, which we have today, we've decided to go full into not just the Latinification of modern media, but modern podcasts. And we've actually replaced uh, our resident movie man opinion um, with someone much prettier, much smarter, um, and much more Latina. So we've got Kari here today, <laughs> uh, a Star Wars tia, and uh, Kenny's in chat going, holy crap, is that a Star Wars tia? Let's go. So we've got people yes. that are excited <laughs> to see you. So Kari, um, why don't you introduce yourself for our lovely audience? Yes, hi everyone. My well, this is Kari. Uh, you might know me as a Star Wars Tia on TikTok, on Twitter, on Threads now, and threads. on Instagram. How are you know, finding I, Threads? It's. I mean, it's the same. I mean, I honestly, it's basically the same as Twitter. Yeah. It's just less BS that I'm seeing, <laughs> like all the other crap. Like I actually get to see my friends' stuff. Yeah. You know. I found that that was a thing with Instagram for a while too, where I would watch it. I'll like, be going through Instagram and I'll be going, I just want to see the people who I'm following, but it's giving me a bunch of random yeah. stuff. Random like, stuff, yeah. A lot of the yeah. time, I just want to be engaging with my people. I don't really need um, anything else. Um, but I haven't dived yeah. into threads too much. Um, I wish that it was kind of built into the Instagram app instead of separate, because I'm like, it's another app I have to go look at. Another yeah, yeah, thing that yeah. has notifications that freaks me out when I look at my phone. So. <laughs> I think they might be doing that in the future. There's mm. a lot of stuff that they're still working out, I heard. So. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Well, yeah. um, today is a bruise and bullshit episode, and we know what our bullshit is, but we're not too certain of what our uh, bruise are. So, Kari, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Presidente. Wonderful. So this is the beer, beer, is it? Wonderful. Yes. yes, yes. Um, and it fits, it fits the mood. <laughs> Presidente. Um, there you go. <laughs> for me, mine's a pretty simple one. It's in a drink bottle. Um, but in here we've got three <laughs> shots of gin, uh, some tonic water, and uh, a little bit of lime cordial to give it a bit of extra flavor because uh, I'm a child and I need sweet drinks. I love that. I love that you're doing it on a freaking water bottle. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, like this is actually the same water bottle that I use to go to work every day and go um, oh, make sure that I'm drinking god. enough water. So <laughs> it's like. It's almost like, like make I'm, sure you're drinking enough liquor today. That's it. Yeah. And hopefully like tomorrow when I go back to work again, they don't realize that I do the same drink again. <laughs> um, and Eliana's hey. in chat too. Hi, Eliana. Um, Hi. But uh, I wanted to kick us off kind of going mm, delicious all the way into the past, kind of when you were a kid or when I was a kid. And I want to get an idea of like, what was your sort of movie going experience like? And particularly when you're trying to figure out, like, can I see myself on screen? Um, mm -hmm. Like, yeah, what was sort of your interpretation of, I guess, your people <laughs> as you were growing up well, and seeing how we were represented? Well, the thing is that I, for, when me growing up, well, as a kid, you don't, first of all, you don't really think about things yeah, like that. exactly, right? You know, especially back then, because it, it wasn't talked about, it wasn't whatever. But the other thing is that I grew up in a, I'm, I'm first generation American, right, mm -hmm. here in the United States. So I, my family, obviously, we watched a lot of uh, movies in Spanish, a lot of Mexican movies, uh, yeah. Latin, you know, telenovelas and stuff like that. So I, it was always in Spanish. So again, that also didn't make me miss like, oh, I'm missing something out 
on mm-hmm. these, you know, American movies and stuff like that, right? Um, I always everything that I saw was mostly in Spanish. So. Yeah. But you know, once you started growing up a little bit more and stuff, and then, uh, I don't know. There was one movie that I remember that I was like, oh my god, this is like they're Americans and they're speaking Spanish. Was La Bamba. La Bamba. I, I love that, that movie. Yes. <laughs> Though. Yes. A very interesting thing with that movie in particular is the casting of Richie Valens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with Lou Diamond Phillips, who is yes. not Latina. He's, he's not Filipino, Latina. I believe. He's, I, I, I know he's not. I don't. I honestly don't know. what. I think he might be Filipino. Yeah. But uh, let me get. Um, yeah. Filipino American. Um, mm-hmm. But what I found really interesting about that particular casting as well is I remember looking at that and Lou Diamond Phillips at that age looks just like my dad and my dad's entire family. Mm-hmm. So when I actually learned a few years later that he wasn't Latino, like I, for a while thought I was related to him. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, Filipinos are the Latinos of the Asian community. So yeah. Um, They also colonized by the Spaniards. So yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. I think I remember reading at one point that like, wasn't it like a Spaniard whose name was Philip who like conquered the islands. was like, I'm going to name them after myself and force them to speak (laughs) my language and bear my children. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Great work. España. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but uh that movie is really great as well um Mm -hmm. i remember yeah growing up with that one in particular and uh it almost as i was a kid growing up and going like do i want to be speaking spanish do i want to be speaking english like where is where is my culture um yeah i felt like i related to him quite a bit because in the same vein Mm -hmm. that he kind of looks around he's like you know uh you know a speaker of spanish and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, my mum would backhand me. Um, but for us, it was really similar too, because um, particularly growing up, my dad um, moved over from El Salvador when he was 16 years old. Um, he didn't speak a, a lick of English. Uh, he learned here. Um, and so by the time I was born, when he was about 20, he still was not speaking a lot of English. Um, and my mum, who came over when she was uh, eight months old, uh, her family basically only spoke Spanish for a while, but you know, she grew up here, so she was fine. But that yeah, being said, yeah. um, my mom and my dad communicated exclusively in Spanish uh, until my dad started <laughs> learning English. Uh, so even for me growing up, my older brother and me only spoke Spanish until we started going to school because church was in Spanish, friends and family was in Spanish, mm-hmm. home was in Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. So with these two little kids going to school with a <laughs> with an accent, essentially, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, what the hell's going on? Um, we were born here and we only speak Spanish. But as it so happens, as you grow up, that kind of changes. Um, so these days, English is my first language, though um, I do like yeah. to think I still speak Spanish quite well. Um, and I do uh, love and obsess over my culture and uh, and yeah. our like, media as well. But I think for me, one of the first times that I actually was like, huh, these are, like, these are my people, was... Um, did you ever watch Spy Kids? You would have watched Spy Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Robert Rodriguez. Um, but it's like, you know, this whole Latina family with uncles and aunties. And on top of that, um, less in the sense of what sort of was the pathway for a little bit where um, usually like the Latina character was sort of relegated to a sidekick or like the funny guy or the stoner or the drug Mm -hmm. dealer. It's like these kind of common stereotypes that when you're a kid, you don't really think about like any sort of harm associated with that. But like for me, it was a switch that clicked only a few years ago. I was like, it's kind of annoying that this guy's always just like uh, he's yeah. in jail or he's a criminal or he's like you know it's like those stereotypes. And I was like, oh, 
I'm a little uncomfortable with this. Um, <laughs> but it was really cool to go from the perspective of a family where just like one, their culture was never like called into question. It just it just was yeah. like you just you're watching yeah. the movie and this is what it is. It wasn't like beating you over the head. Um, it just it just was. Um, yeah. And that's at its core what I found to be one of the big movements um, that we've experienced where like, you know, these days you can watch something like The Last of Us and Pedro Pascal is your lead and he's clearly Latin American and like at the same time, it, it he just is. It's not something that we question just, yeah. or that we go back to yeah. and like have to explain why we had to cast him as that instead of, you know, like Joel was originally mm -hmm. just a white guy mm -hmm. um yeah like i find that that's that's really beautiful and you know we've got staples of actors you know particularly like oscar isaac is doing incredible work across everywhere um but i love that it's just something that isn't like questioned anymore like we're just mm -hmm. everywhere and we don't have to yeah ask for it um <laughs> but for me as well a lot of growing up was um also watching a lot of uh movies and and shows from my parents' childhood, um, which were things that stuck with me even now. Like, um, growing up, our, our go-to sitcoms weren't, like, the usual um, stuff that, you know, my friends at school would talk about. I'd be going there and being like, oh, yeah, this weekend I watched four seasons of Chavo del Ocho on repeat. <laughs> El Chapulín, uh, yes. Yeah, El Chapulín. <laughs> like, just, yeah. He's like Chespirito. That's what like we these want. were the things. These were the like the the staple Mexican sitcoms <laughs> that were yeah adults playing children being ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, that somehow, yeah. yeah, we we loved them. We that 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 was all we did. Um, at home. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, also, yeah, also, go ahead. I think also, uh, I think also me being Colombian, mm. uh, uh, it's like it, it played a role in how I saw like things in the media because. Obviously, Colombia has Colombians have the stigma of being the drug dealers. Yep. So most of the time, most of the movies and shows and stuff, Colombians were the drug dealers. Yeah. All the time, or the cartel dudes, you know, or whatever. And so, like, one of the biggest movies out there, Scarface, that was like, you know, a big thing with the Colombians. The Colombians being there doing the drug deals with the Cubans and stuff. Um. And and it, it kind of was like, you know, again, as a little kid, you don't pay attention. But then you start growing up as like, dude, like, why are they still going on with the same thing? Like, you know, we're more than that. Like, can you get more creative? It's like, this is so dumb, you know, with the same storyline yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And like, for me, also, it, I felt like somehow, um, not so much on like the, the drug dealer side, but on like the silly, goofy side, I felt like I kind of... Mm -hmm was being molded towards that stereotype a little bit. Like even in school where I was like, I'm I'm the the funny one, the one the, the goofy one yeah, that makes yeah, the jokes yeah. that talks really fast and like that's that's who I am. Um and it's kinda like mm -hmm. trying to break free from that a little bit. Um into going, wow, like my people can be like cool and badass and Marley's in chat yeah. as well. Hey Marley, he's sending love to us beautiful souls. Hi Um but someone like Robert Rodriguez who has been a big um proponent of you know kind of pushing uh stories um and and movies that are led by latin americans um that again mm -hmm. just just are you know you've got sort of the more silly ones like um like machete and things like that um yeah but this guy um that i can't believe 
his you know first films that he made with money he scraped together with you know two thousand dollars and one camera that ended up Mm -hmm. you know whether you do or don't like the way his movies are because you know he's got some good ones Mm -hmm. and some some funky ones like the fact that this is just a dude who um made his way through and kind of like cut a chunk out of hollywood for us to exist within without question um yeah is something that is really powerful and then to get him coming and working on star wars for a little bit was was fun too that was that was cool it was cool even though you know there was like you said some funky stuff or whatever but overall it was just amazing to know that he was there you know putting in his you know his style and and yeah. his uh uh way of doing things yeah that I think, was pretty cool and i think the one thing that's really powerful with like creators um that are you know latinas um that often they bring in more people from our culture to work on films as well. Like he edits mm-hmm. and scores his films back in Mexico and all that kind of stuff. Um, nice. But what I've also found interesting is something that we spoke about on uh, the Real Lovers podcast a few weeks ago was how sometimes even some of these stories that are told um, come from uh, kind of like non-Latina creators. So you think about something like Coco, which I watched and mm-hmm. I was like, this is so respectful and so cool and so colorful mm-hmm. and like this this has to have been made by someone from the latina community and it's it's mm-hmm. not um it's directed by a white guy <laughs> um and i remember that but they were but now they're being more respectful of that's actually yeah. putting in the work and the research yeah you know of wanting you know making sure that uh everything is correct when it comes to the culture, the way they speak, the way they act, you know, the mannerisms Mm -hmm. and stuff. I think that that's something huge across kind of all representation as well. Like particularly as we look at um, Mm -hmm. stories that are told with more people who are disabled or on the spectrum or um, queer or any kind of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, what would kind of not be the the usual or the norm. uh, You see that that's been the push, right? It's been like, let's, let's get more of these stories, but let's tell them from the perspective of people who understand it um like mm-hmm. for example something like moonlight or even black panther um these films that came mm-hmm. out that, like they don't feel what's the word like unnecessarily pushy because it feels like it comes from a natural place um mm-hmm. which is dope i think particularly in the mm-hmm. second round of black panther once we got um the the way that even aspects of a character that exists within comics are modified to fit within you know the real world and um particularly namor and um all of the they're not atlanteans are they they're from i think i forget the, what the name of the culture oh talocan talocan yeah so yeah um the way that that was modified to suit like mesoamerican culture and fit within there i remember mm-hmm. watching that and going like bro this is <laughs> yeah this is so dark it was really cool um yeah, and it wasn't perfect, but again, they they were they made sure that they got the people there, the historians, the yeah. you know the the actual Mayans uh, mm-hmm. to work on that movie and to be in that movie and stuff. So yeah, and how even like the actors that were playing um, people from Talocan, like they they spoke Maya, like that's that's the mm-hmm. language that they spoke. Um, and I've always found yeah. that one of the like I talk about this all the time, but one of my pet peeves in films in general is just how language is handled often. Like you know, just mm-hmm. like you know, you yeah. go to a, a country and everybody's just speaking in like broken English, for example, and like it's like this, this isn't how it works. Or I'll have like, you mm-hmm. know, 
one of the ones that I referred back to a lot of the time was like in the MCU. It was like you have uh, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch who are both Sokovian and they're sitting alone in a room talking to one another. And I'm like, why are you talking in English? Like, <laughs> this just this isn't how it works. Like this is when I'm home with my but family. But see, that's what I like. That's what I love about Spider Verse when they spoke Spanish yeah. and it wasn't translated. Yep. I was like, oh my god, I love this. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I mean, I understand. It, I, it, it, it might not be, you know, fair for the people, but like I, I heard somebody say that now people can understand how other people that don't speak English feel that they are now they're the outsiders instead. Mm. And you know, not not to like make them feel bad that they don't understand what's going on, but it's teaching. That's empathy. just part of the culture. Yes, yeah. that's part of the Latina culture. Uh, especially first generation people that just get here, that's how they feel. Yeah. When they come to a country that does not speak their language and they don't know the language either, you know. Yeah, and I think that's common across um, any um, family um, that, that's handling, you know, Im- uh, being immigrants from another country. Where like even in Australia, it's quite common. Um, with yes, yeah, so many cultures, we're an insanely multicultural country. But yeah, there's no doubt that like that that happens. Um, and, uh, I know Kay will kill me if I don't mention it, but another film that did that particularly well was Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, where one of the things that that, um, that play did originally was, like, there was a lot of round face, um, in the play, uh, where they cast, like, white actors to play, um, yeah, like... (laughs) Um, like Latin American people and you know they won awards for their performances and all this like it's like it's a lot Um, and I think even like the original film they've done the same thing like they've literally got people in brown face and Steven Spielberg kind of set out to go I love the the story here but I want to tell it the right way so you know going in and Mm -hmm. casting Latin Americans to play Latin Americans but also within the film kind of yeah straying away from the the spanglish a little bit to just yeah, yeah, have yeah. The, cus- the, the customers <laughs> have the <laughs> characters speak in spanish and not have it be translated on screen um to yeah. kind of prompt uh any listeners or watchers of the film to kind of go um i need to try and grasp what's happening here based on the visual and the, the characters like physical acting as opposed to um yeah having what they're saying spelled out to me literally uh, and I thought, though I didn't love that film overall, I thought that particular aspect of it was done incredibly well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and even with Coco as well, like you've got, and, and Black Panther, the same thing happened, like Ryan Coogler sent um, people out to go and look at uh, historic areas and artifacts to grab things to uh, create everything they created for those films. And with Coco, you've got, yeah, like the entire team going out and learning about mm-hmm. the culture so that they can tell it the right way. Um, yeah. I think that that's... They the... did the same with Encanto too. Yes, yes, with Encanto. I can't believe I forgot about Encanto for a second. But, like, um, that was another great one where I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's great that um, all of these films are teaching us about generational trauma. Like, that's wonderful. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but additionally... I think that's going to be... I think that's going to be the main ta- theme... <laughs> throughout a lot of these movies now because yeah. Elemental did the same thing <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet but I am really oh excited to, especially after your review yeah. Um, yeah you have to see it yeah I am I'm really again, excited it has that feel you're gonna you're gonna you're also gonna be able to relate to it even though it's not directly Latine uh, thing but just the immigrant experience and yeah. having to deal with stuff like that it's well it's, I think that yeah even thing. like 
at its core, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, you have two beings that are, you know, completely um, different in even how they're yeah. built, uh, which means their worlds yeah. are entirely different. So it is a bit of a fish out of water story, um, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am mm-hmm. really excited for that. Um, yeah. There were other films that came up um, that. I remember, like, would blow my mind when I was a kid and I was watching it, and I was like, I can't believe that there is a movie that is, like, this good um, that nobody knows or nobody is talking about. And one of my favourites that I've been pushing for so long is a film called uh, Sin Nombre, which I believe you've seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also has Tino Chuerta in it. Um, but... I know. I couldn't believe it when you told me. I was like, oh, my God, that is him. He's like, even I, because, like, I-, I looked at him as, um, as Namor, and I'm like, he doesn't, like, he looks young. And yeah. in this film, um, the character that he plays, um, Lil Mago, is, like, he's terrifying. Um, and obviously he's covered in tattoos and things, so it's like... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but this tells the fil- the, the story of a, a character who um, is trying to escape the gang that they were in, um, while also mm-hmm. helping um, some innocent girl whose family's been killed, um, basically, like, cross the border and get into America. Um, that's mm-hmm. the story. And it's like... Yeah, it's it's the the tagline says the greatest sin of all is risking nothing, um, and that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's like these people that are risking everything for a, a better life. Yeah, and at its core, it's an immigrant story. Like this is what our our parents did and yeah. our grandparents did. Like it's it's the same thing with um, the movie Maria Full of Grace. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, let me have a look. Let's see. Like Maria Full of Grace. Um, she was nominated for best actress. She was nominated for an Oscar for best actress mm. for that movie. Uh, so this came out in 2004. Uh, a mm-hmm. pregnant Colombian teenager becomes a drug mule to make some desperately needed money for her family. Oh my god. Um, okay, I'm yes. adding this to my list because this looks amazing. And it's awesome. And, and and it's awesome because um, again, even though I know it has to do with drugs, which I wanted, but that is an experience that many Colombians have gone through. Yeah. Doing the whole mule thing and then trying to get to this country and being caught up in the whole. Uh, uh, like drama of having to deal with these drug dealers while they're here. Um, I love that that they actually were here in Queens. So it, uh, there's a lot of places are like, oh my god, I've been there. Oh my god, I know these people. Yeah. Like it, it was really because they were they they were using. It looked like if it was a real person, like I could have known her because mm-hmm. they the way that it it looks very, it looks very realistic the way they did it. Yeah. Very, very realistic. And they use people that actually live here in Queens um, to be in the movie and everything. So, um, but again, it's a very, um, it's a very uh, immigrant uh, forward story. Yeah. Of a lot, all the different, is that, is, it's just beautiful to see all the type of different things and, 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 and craziness that immigrants have to go through because they're trying to get to a better place to live a better life for themselves, for their families. And it's not just one thing that they go through. Everybody goes through so many different ways of trying to get here, however they can. Mm. You know? Yeah, and I find that a lot of um, uh, like what's it called, like directors, creators, writers that are, are are coming from this space. Like, it's insane how even in some of the more fantastical stories, there is like subtext of mm-hmm. their experience growing up, um, which mm-hmm. at a glance you you don't really you can't really grasp. Um, until you understand what they've been through, and you can actually see that come through their stories. And um, a, a director that is very, very well known and like beloved these days is Guillermo del Toro, who mm-hmm. um, 
through many films, um, has done incredible work um, to put us forward. Um, and I remember that there was a film that I'd never heard of that was recommended to me by one of my friends from school, who I don't even know how she'd heard about it. Um, but it was Pan's Labyrinth. That's not, you you hadn't seen it before? I hadn't seen it, like, and I watched it, and I was like, I, what? Like, it became one of my favorite films of all time. I didn't even know it existed. Um, and that being oh said, you know, God. I grew up in a family that Amazing. kind of steered us away from fantastical things. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I kind yeah, of yeah. get why. But once it did, I was like, yeah. what? Like, what do you mean? Like, we have Spanish fantasy? Like, <laughs> this is mental. That um, was insane. It was amazing. Just... And oh my god! Like I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, fantastical movie." Then there's talking Spanish. I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and it's you know insanely uh, well regarded as well. Like I don't think anybody who I've mm-hmm. seen who I've met that that's seen it has has thought badly of the film. Um, no, 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 no. It's it's really good. Yeah, and it's like not even just um, like. Guillermo that's working on it, right? The entire cast is um, like Latin American or even Spanish and you've got the cinematographers mm-hmm. coming in it's the same place. Like we've got an entire crew of people. And um, Guillermo also recently um, released uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. Um, did you get a chance mm-hmm. to watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was insane. Um, oh, the way I film. cried with that movie. <laughs> oh Man, God. it was... Emotional mess. Yeah, it was an emotional mess. And um, they actually released a documentary at the same time about the making of. Did you get a chance to see that? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes, yes. One of the things that blew my mind was how he was like, it is so, so important for not just, um, you know, like Latin American actors or, or, you know, people behind the cameras to be on it, but like mm-hmm. key aspects of the film and key important aspects of the film were intentionally filmed in um, Mexican stop motion studios. Um, like he t- mm-hmm. took it home. He's like, let's let's go here, and my people are going to be directing the key portions of the film, uh, mm-hmm. so that he's basically creating work to get more people moving up and through the industry, which is like, which I think it's important because I think I'm. I mean, I understand the United States has the hold on Hollywood, right, on what mm-hmm. it is to have blockbusters and movies and everything, but. You know, I've we've seen for many years now. There's so many, there's so much good media out there internationally outside of the states, and so much talent. And that's one of the things I also loved about how what they did with Visions Two from Star Wars. I wanted to talk about that. Which would that, yeah. give these, which gave these, you know, so many different, um, uh, you know, studios the the opportunity to showcase their talents, and it was a freaking home run. It was just like they hit it out of the park. Yeah. With that. You know? Yeah, it's like once you kind of give that space to go, I'm not going to put you in a box, just make, just make. Um, that's where, like, this is where art is born, uh, in the space mm-hmm. where there's no no sort of limits. Um, and you have because other... you don't, you, you don't, you don't, when you, when you think about animation and stuff like that, you're either United States or, like, Japan because of anime. But you don't think about, oh, Chile. Or you don't think about France or, or places like that, yeah. like animation. They do animation. Like the only one would be like the the people that did Wallace and Gromit, Gromit because of the movie Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, Gromit, right? But other than that, like now we have somebody that you know, if they see another animation that was done by you know the I forgot the name of the company from Chile. Um, what was their name? 
Um, they yeah. had El Giri, which I think was the um, Spanish one. Sí, El Giri. Oh, El Giri, that's what I'm saying. That's the name of their company? Um, there's, yeah, El Giri, and there's um, another one. Where are we? So animation Studios are El Giri, Punk Robot, Admin Studio, Mia, uh, Studio Lacoste. Okay, so El Giri. So that's what I'm saying. Like, now... If we see an, uh, uh, if anybody sees an animation with the name El Giri attached to it, now everybody knows. Oh shoot, they make amazing animation. We yeah. have to watch that. Now it's recognized, you know. Yeah, Which I'm exactly. thankful to Star Wars for that, because that's really that was really cool. Yeah, um, I, I loved that. Um, because I I always loved anime and I always loved Star Wars. So when they connected those two things, I was like, Visions is for me. Like that's I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'd always talked about it. Um. They spoke about when they announced Volume 2, that they were like, we're not done with just the anime side. Like, we're going to dive into anime more. But on top of that, Visions is now becoming worldwide. Uh, and even being at the Visions panel, uh, I love that they got uh, to they, they got a breakdown with every single like creator. So we're seeing um, like not just the actual story itself, but seeing the creators talk about it and the influences that go into it. So mm -hmm. that conversation that kind of comes along a lot of the time, particularly when uh, we're talking about uh, a film that has sort of like subtext um, of, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, what's the word, like immigrant trauma or um, growing up in a country that you're not from. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the response from people as you explain those things, and I'm sure you've come across this as well, Kari, but like the commentary of it's not that deep, like, and mm -hmm. my response is always like, it's as deep as I want it to be. Like, if I find it, yeah. it's there. That's the point of art. It's to be yeah. discussed. It's to be broken down. It's to be pulled apart and find all the insane intricacies in there that make the story beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so hearing the creators talk about what they've animated and why and why certain choices were made and where those ideas come from kind of gives... Um, it gives... It makes me feel stronger in the fact that, like, it is that deep, you know? Like, when I go and talk to somebody about it, they go, no, it's not. I'm like, well, actually, I heard the creator talk about it, and he said precisely this. And I think that that's, mm -hmm. that's huge with Guillermo's stories as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean, they have to know. People that always go with, like, oh, it's not that deep. Like, why do they have to make it political? Why is this so... Because every single piece of media has intent or, you know, in it. There's, yeah. there's a reason why these creators are doing it. They're putting their own message into it. You just have to listen. You know, you just have to pay attention. Yeah. And we are, as we know, people don't, a lot of these people don't have media literacy, like, at all. So. <laughs> yeah, it's common. Um, <laughs> it is common. But, uh, yeah, like, it's almost, uh, I find that also one of the reasons why it's been important to give voices to um, different cultures is that, it also allows for so many different kinds of stories uh, where, especially now, there's still commentary around everything feels the same and, oh, my God, like, when's, where's the original stuff? It's like, no, no, it's there. Um, you, have to, you have to look for it. And sometimes that means mm -hmm. looking into um, media that has been entirely grown in, like, another another country almost. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's it's on both parts. Like we said, you've got the elements of hearing stories um, that are told by our people and how those stories are existing in the world now. Uh, and then on the flip side, you also have 
just the kind of showing of the real world uh, that is showcased by just having um, actors play characters in certain films without mm-hmm. without question. Uh, and I think one of the times that, that popped up for me, which was like dope, was the first time I saw um, Poe Dameron in in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's mm-hmm. cool. Like it's, it's you know like. And he's opening the film. He's a badass. Like he's he's um, messing with the um, with the bad guy like straight away. And it's just like the fact that our Han Solo character um, was um, yeah like Latino is is was so cool. Uh, and yeah. I love that they yeah, yeah, yeah. particularly in Star Wars kept that going quite a bit. Like we've really mm-hmm. really taken over Star Wars, um, which has been great. Um, <laughs> But talk to me a little bit about um, maybe some of that stuff that's come up for you. Like, what are some of your favorite, um, I suppose, characters or moments or even stories that have been told, like in Star Wars, for example, that come from our people? Well, I, I guess one of the main, which is always going to be one of the main ones that are gonna is going to come up is Andor, mm. of course. Um, that that his story is our story, you know, yeah. and. It it's being is it's being told or is being done by one of ours, you know. Yeah. Uh, which makes it even that much more um, powerful. Yeah. Uh, for us. And for Diego know? to come into Andor as not just an actor, but to come on as a producer as well, and have like a guiding mm-hmm. hand on how the series is told, and and yeah, be able to really put his his mark on it uh, and carry mm-hmm. parts of it as himself, I think is is so powerful. And season two yeah. of that show. I'm I'm really upset that we're not getting five seasons, um, but I understand. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, season two of that show can't come quick enough. And the Andor panel at Lucasfilm yes. getting to see a preview um, trailer was yeah, it was ah so good. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But I love that. I love that the stories are being told. Um, and I just hope that you know, obviously, other cultures, other 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 communities are able to you know. Uh, experience the same thing that they do the same thing with either the Arab culture or the Muslims or uh, yeah. indigenous and stuff like that, you know. But um, I think that's the beauty of it that once you see an immigrant story, you could relate to it regardless of where you come from. Mm-hmm. So the Latina experience is really a worldwide experience. Yeah, like I even remember watching because you'd mentioned about um, other cultures uh, and. I remember watching Miss Marvel and even aspects of how her parents are overbearing with her were like mm-hmm. reminders of me, of my childhood. <laughs> like it, Exactly. It, and even in animated films like um, Turning Red were the same sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, yeah not, it's not my exactly. culture, but I do see the similarities there. The similarities, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's also a reason why it's really important because it's like through people getting our stories that Mm -hmm. hopefully even inspires people from different cultures to go oh like people are interested in this and it's good quality like maybe i have a story to tell maybe my voice needs to be heard yeah um which at the end of the day is is kind of the real reason why art exists we're out here trying to um to have our voices be heard yeah and the only uh, the thing one of the things that has kind of been hard to uh i guess to translate because we're talking about latina experience but in Latin experience as immigrants, because mm. if you go, if I was to go to Colombia, they're not gonna under, really understand. Like, they're, it's not gonna be the same for them. Mm. You understand? Because obviously they haven't lived through that. Yeah. As they, they don't know what it is to like, especially if you haven't moved 
out of the country. They don't know what it is to have to live through the immigrant experience. You know, they know about it because they have family members or they have friends that moved away and stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's a very different experience, which I also find very fascinating because sometimes like, uh, I guess, uh, when I cry, seeing how I, I guess in like, for example, like turning red, like, oh my God, the way they're treating her, the parents are so overbearing. If you go to Colombia, they're going to be like, but that's the norm. Why is the little kid being so bad about it? That's yeah. how we are. You know, like it's, that's the norm for them. But for us, it's very different because we're growing in such a different environment that they are. Mm. So, you know, to compare the two, it's it's a very interesting uh, com- uh, conversation for sure. Yeah, and it's, it goes to show because there's like important media on both sides of it, right? You've got mm-hmm. particularly the stories that are coming out of those countries won't necessarily be mm-hmm. talking about the immigrant experience too much. Some of them might be the story of like trying to, but even like, for example, Sin Nombre, like the film ends as she arrives you know it's almost like there's a whole other uh sequel mm-hmm. to that that should be coming talking about what the experience is like knowing that she's you know how she's gotten there yeah, and all she that made kind of it stuff. yeah yeah um but yeah like you said you even got films like um like by alfonso cuaron uh like roma that came out a few years ago that was nominated for i think it mm-hmm. won best international feature um that are mm-hmm. just stories that are told within like that that space it's not necessarily an immigrant story it's just a story from the people of that culture but as you were talking about the difference uh one line really stuck out to me and i'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it and it's from you may even know the one i'm talking about already but it's from uh across the spider-verse and it's mm-hmm. uh miles talking to his parents about like you know i'm trying to live i'm just trying to live my life and she's like it's not your life it's my life and my parents life and his life and his and all the people that got us here that's whose life you're living not yours uh which mm-hmm. is whew, <laughs> that's a lot that's the thing uh, and i think it's it's very it might be very hard for somebody that isn't an immigrant to understand that oh but why do you have to live for somebody else why do you have to you know uh you have to live your own life yeah don't worry about them, you know. I mean, yeah, I, obviously you do have to live your own life and find your own path. But we have that in our culture that we don't leave our family behind, you know. Mm. It's it's it we 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 show that respect because we know the sacrifices that they made. Yeah. To get us to how where we are at the moment and you know, right now mm. and stuff. They had to fight against so many things, not only having to get here, but also the discrimination, all the all the obstacles, all the all the backhanded uh, microaggressions from you know other people and stuff. Yeah, and it was hard for them. So we we feel like we also have to show we there has to be a balance there. Yeah, you know, like there is a little bit of like I, I kind of owe them. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in some families that balance is handled healthier than in others. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Because in others, they guilt trip you. They will yeah. guilt trip you yeah. to the fullest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it happens, you know, it's happened with my family and my parents, my parents' parents. Um, like, yeah, it's like, look at what I did for you. Um, mm-hmm. And now, mm-hmm. you know, you got like, as a result, you have to do things my way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even sometimes it comes down to the experience of kids whose parents have potentially like almost like 
failed in some ways um that they don't want their kids to experience the same thing again so the conversation of like you know i'm forcing you to like study something mm-hmm. um like you have to study because yep. i didn't and then i was made a fool of in the real world so, like i need mm-hmm. you to be better be different and that's sort of where that generational trauma comes in right it's like parents have experienced yeah. something horrific and they don't want the kids to go through the same thing because they know how painful it was mm-hmm. and that's the thing that a lot mm-hmm. of these things that externally as you view it or somebody telling you a story of how their parents act or say or it won't let me live my life feels like something that's not done out of out of love um but mm-hmm. at its core it's it is loving behavior just just needs a bit of therapy i think <laughs> and there's love with therapy needed <laughs> mm. yeah um but we also saw uh this expand into uh, even other aspects like you know you have video games and stuff now particularly in star wars where we recently got the announcement of uh star wars outlaws uh mm-hmm. which we have yes. not just a, a latina uh, lead but uh a female latina lead who's also queer <laughs> is yes. like this kind of stuff is huge um it's like the trifecta yeah like, oh my god it's like oh my god all. okay with like <laughs> with everything here um, and again, in a sense that when you're watching the trailer, it's not like, or, or, or the gameplay and stuff, it's not something that's going in and beating your head going, hey, remember, like, you know, this is who this person mm-hmm. is. Like, it just exists and it doesn't yeah. prompt you to ask the question. It just goes, you know, it's it's that conversation of it's in a galaxy far, far away with infinite planets and infinite aliens and all this stuff, you're going to complain about one black person. Like, what? <laughs> it it exists it's there it's endless I just I like i just our... don't understand the logic of like the, 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 what what is it what is it what is it that you feel so forced yeah. about it but again it's just that that mentality um uh, of seeing the same thing over and over again that's what you're used to yeah any type of change is always going to feel like what the fuck you know mm. what is going on and it's almost like the like media space is going through that same metamorphosis that like real life went through as like mm-hmm. as people started um, yeah, immigrating to other countries and being kind of like oh like you shouldn't be here or you don't belong here like that's kind of what the commentary feels exactly like sometimes exactly what it like, is no it, it does it does and I think that that's a big space for us as as humans that uh you know we need to learn and improve on it's like the, at the end of the day like we exist right like we we exist and yeah. at its core no because we that's exactly what we saw you know let's say in the work space right like oh a woman lawyer or a woman president or a woman you know a high and high authority in high place like yeah high positions and stuff like that or or yeah somebody of color or a black person and stuff it's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa what's going on yeah. you know we had to fight so much in order to be able to like you know what what we call the glass ceiling especially mm. for women you know because there was a point point that we we wouldn't go past that exactly and now we're getting to this hyper and, and so seeing a woman ascended to a higher position was looked at like okay what this is not okay <laughs> yeah. you're not a man this is a man's uh, job whatever whatever and of course we made great strides in that sense even yeah. though there's still a lot of work to do absolutely. but like you said absolutely i agree that that's what's going on now with media. Yeah. You know, I guess it was the, their last safe space for these, like, you know, white people, whatever. And they were like, well, at least we got that, you know. Yeah. We, we still got that. Well, now you don't. Yeah. And it's like in spaces that are predominantly led by um, white male people, uh, which 
you know Hollywood was for a long time. You know, even like we were talking mm-hmm. about, like people that were making films in other languages that kind of exclusively yeah. stayed there. And even when you look at like the Oscars, for example, like more often than not, um, films that aren't in English, they're kind of relegated to their own category separately, almost like mm-hmm. it's the same as like animation, which I talk about constantly. It's like you don't, yeah, it happens sometimes, but more often than not, so your best picture winners, and then you've got your best uh, international feature, and it's like. Mm-hmm. why are they separate it almost kind of does have the undertone of like segregating things and keeping it separate mm-hmm. like there's your stuff mm-hmm. and there's our stuff and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be mixed um uh, which is yeah. part of the the kind of change that needs to come um yeah like it's been it's been good to see like you said the strides that we've made uh and we've kind of gone in and carved a space out for ourselves, which historically as um people tried to do that they'd be knocked back and kind of give up. And these days it doesn't happen yeah. as much. Like we're kind of carving out that space and holding onto it. And people who are coming through going, you shouldn't be here. We're like, excuse me? Like, I don't know if you've done the math, uh-huh. well. but there actually are more of us. <laughs> like, li- like <laughs> um, Way more. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work. There it is. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, what we were saying, like that, that concept that, people are viewing a space that historically was like safe for them as now unsafe because we exist there and we being almost any culture um, is Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of shocking to me that that's the response. Um, And I think particularly because of how um, like what our experience has been like growing up, I look now at things that introduce other cultures into media and I look at it as completely like positive. I'm just like, I'm so, I'm so glad that like, other people have this uh and so sometimes yeah. it is shocking to me hearing people are going and looking at reviews or something going like oh this is work there's this 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 forced diversity forced inclusivity and i'm like um so <laughs> like <laughs> but it, it's it uh, needs uh, to uh, be forced. yeah they just had to they just had to give it a, a like that for every time i hear it forced something mm. it's like oh my god i mean they 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 had to give it a name because just to make it sound bad. Yeah. That we are existing in a place that we've always existed in. Yeah. We've always been here. Nothing has changed from that. Mm. Oh. And it's, yeah, it's like that, that again, feeling of, yeah. oh, they're, they're sho- basically they're shoving this down my throat. You know, they're shoving the work agenda down our throat. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, okay, if we just like hold that mentality for a minute, just just let's hold on to that thought. And let's say, let's say that that's the case. If we flip the cards... <laughs> Um, have immigrants and people of color and like everyone else who isn't you not had your agenda shoved down their throat for years? Like, if what you're saying is correct, which like okay, let's let's just say that it is. We're shoving it down your throat. Mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the same thing that's been happening here. So like having that empathy to go like, we had our space and that space isn't gone. There's still so many fantastic stories that are being told. Um, for any Western audiences and about Western audiences. Mm-hmm. Like, there are still mm-hmm. fantastic stories being told in that space. It's just carving out a little slice for people who aren't you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, yeah, is, like, it's important. Like, it is important. Um, and it's one of the things that I constantly come back to. Like, again, like, as characters keep coming up that are so similar to us or share our stories and... Um, it's always been a shock to me that people look at that as a negative thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I can't actually believe it sometimes that somebody looks at that and goes, but why are you doing that? 
but why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like we're here, we're creative, we have a voice, like let's let's be heard. Um Yeah. And it makes it yeah, like like we said, at the end of the day, getting stories from different voices is what gives us the the uniqueness across media to have so many different kinds of stories that didn't feel like they mm-hmm. existed originally. Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, at its core, you can think of stories that have been adapted from international features uh, that, you know, go on to get all this praise. Like, this is an amazing film, this amazing story. And it's like, do you know where that Well, actually... Yeah, it came from a book that was written by this person or a film that came from that person. I mean, like, one of the ones that I thought like about just... recently was Infernal Affairs, which was a, um, uh, like, international like, Asian film and then was adapted into The Departed, which we did an episode on. And you guys should go Dude, I would, that's exactly like, what I was going to say. It's like the one that we just saw with freaking Pep. Yeah, like, that's crazy. and The Departed is like, you know, like one of the, the best Scorsese films. And uh, we were actually talking about how, weirdly enough, it almost seems like The Departed was trying to distance itself from being an adapted work. Um, yeah. Like, almost like it's, it's, it's embarrassed that its incredible story came from someone else. Yeah. That, and it's crazy because they he tried the movie uh try to make itself like you see how much longer it is in the original yeah. movie like they he tried to do so much in that in in that movie that made it that much uh that added so much more to the story that didn't need it you know it didn't like after well n- now I know after watching the original it it wasn't needed that yeah. original movie it was just like perfect the way it was yeah it was like it was tight it was clean you smash it out in an hour and a half mm-hmm. like it's actually really impressive that they told the story in the amount of depth that they did without anything extra yeah. and that's not to say that the departed did like the wrong thing by adding heaps of extra stuff i no, watched no, the no, departed no, no, and i was no, like no. it's good like it's it's real solid mm-hmm. um but yeah. yeah there's something really impressive about a story that can be told that good that short yeah um mm-hmm. and there are yeah so many films like that that do um like become adapted from yeah other stories or international stories that you just kind of like at some point have to pause and go um white people do you not realize where all the good shit where all the flavor in your food comes from <laughs> you know it's that idea of um like the the colonizers going to other countries um to pick up spices and take them back home so their food tastes better. It's like, this is what happened to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's exactly what's going on with media. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it, it, yeah, it's, it's exactly right. We're giving, we're giving some flavor. Enjoy the flavor. Enjoy the spice. Um, in my case, neuro spice. But yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I think one of the other biggest ones that I want to, uh, of, Something Latina that got adapted and it became a, like a huge sensation was Betty La Fea. Yes. Um, oh my God. They did. And then they made the American version of it, Ugly Betty. Yeah. Here in the United States. And they also made one in Mexico. They had their own, like, there's so many different versions of that thing. But the thing is that it came from a Latina country. You yeah. Know? It was a Colombian uh, novella. And it's so good that Amazon is now doing a, a third sequel. Amazon yeah, I think I saw that on your Threads post. Because they're doing yeah, a Betty yeah. La Fea series, right? Yeah. Um, that supposedly, it's like, take, it takes place like 20 years after the original whatever. But Amazon is picking it. I was like, oh my God. Like, that's freaking amazing. 
Yeah, and like that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, was, oh, I think it was more inspired by, but I think I'd heard that like Jane the Virgin was something similar. Um, I wasn't sure if there was a, a Mexican show that did that or whether it was just designed to be, oh, wait, no, here we go. 10 American shows that were originally together in novelas. Jane the Virgin was one of them. Um, okay. Where are we? Go away. I'm not going to disable my ad blocker. Um, Juana la Virgen, the telenovela from Venezuela. And that became Jane the Virgin, oh, which had... Um, <laughs> Eliana says, hey, I'm allergic to flavor, not media and food. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you got like Ugly Betty. There's other ones like uh, Chasing Life and Devious Maids, Queen of the South, Hollywood Heights. Like all of these stories that are, yeah, adapted from Latin American mm-hmm. telenovelas. Uh, that went on to mm-hmm. become crazy. Uh, and then you have uh, the Lynn manuel Miranda of everything. Um, like, uh, getting to watch the film uh, In the Heights, uh, where I was just like, heights. again, we're not asking questions here. We're just, we're here. It is what it is. Um, it's, yeah, that was a film that I adored. And I haven't seen the live Broadway production, but I have heard that it's a little bit better in, in real life. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But I loved In the Heights because it's like, you know, things like, yeah, like I, I adore musicals. Um, that's another one of my favorite types of, uh, of media. And mm-hmm. the passion that already comes across in a musical, you know, like the concept of we're in a dream world and we've hit a point where me being able to talk about my emotions isn't enough, so I must sing about them. That's the, you know, mm-hmm. the concept, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not just having that kind of passion that comes up through the voice, but like through the physicality of like Latin American music, like, you know, it's, it's, it's very different. You listen to a Disney film, you listen yeah. to like, for example, in the Heights, like the, at its core, we are percussive and we are energetic and we are like, there's power mm-hmm. in that music that comes across so beautifully in ways that you just, mm-hmm. you, you don't get, uh, you don't get anywhere. You else. feel what they're feeling like completely, not just because of what they're saying, but how they're, their bodies are acting. They're yeah. the way they're 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 dancing. Like, you know, dancing is a huge part of our culture. So Funny, that's how we express ourselves. So. <laughs> I need to get better. I was thinking of taking a salsa class. Uh, you need to. That way, we're we're at Diacon. We're gonna go. We could do some salsa dances. So. Perfect. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I definitely I want to. And like, I've been looking at stuff like that for ages. I've been like, no, it's cool. Like I grew up in a Latin American family, so I'm like, I, I know the basic steps, but sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> ah, I'm too, I'm too awkward, I can't figure this out, so, uh, yeah, I thought about that, which would be, be so cool, to have that as a skill in my back pocket, being like, oh, hi, new person that I've met, do you know I'm an impeccable salsero, like, let's go. <laughs> Did you know I was in a salsa band for a while? What? Did I tell you, you I were? was in a salsa band? Yeah. No, you told me your brother was. Yeah, so my brother still has um, his band, um, which are out releasing new music as well. Shout out to Tumbao Social, Melbourne-based salsa band. Um, But uh, I was in a band with him when I was like 15 to 18 as well. Um, And I played played congas and we played played salsa. It was great. I was like, percussion was my vibe. Um, I miss it. I do miss it. I'd love to be in a band. You you already have the rhythm in you. You just got to... You know, that's it. It just needs to move from my hands to my feet. To your feet. Because <laughs> no that was problem. the benefit of standing behind a big set of drums. I can just stand perfectly yeah, still yeah, yeah. and zone in and be like, all I got to do is play these these beats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Um, but 
what I found is also great is that like also when you have um, like international creators and for example let's talk about like Latino creators uh, jumping in on projects that aren't you know inherently about those kind of stories and the kind of voice that they can give to them like one of the things that I constantly come back to is just like Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Harry Potter film Prisoner of Azkaban is by and large the best one <laughs> Um, I think I, that's my favorite too. Yeah, and I love that, like, you know, the Christopher Columbus ones, the first two, are, you know, they're cute and they're childlike and they're filled with wonder and similar to, like, Guillermo del Toro, like, Alfonso Cuaron came in and gave it kind of, like, this this gothic aesthetic and these crazy mm -hmm. wild visuals and almost, like, new ways to, um, what's the word, uh, to showcase things that we kind of hadn't seen before. Uh, it, it, he, he took a story that already existed, we'd seen a few times, and expanded on it, like, visually as well. Um, and it goes to show that, like, you know, having a voice or a mind that's come from a different background, it kind of does also prompt you to have different ideas and go, how else can we attack this? How can we do this differently? Uh, and it shows, because it's also the most unique visually of all of them. After that, they go back mm -hmm. to being kind of like, eh. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's the best. It's the best because it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love seeing that. And like we're saying, across like most modern media now, like seeing how our characters exist is like it's beautiful. And mm -hmm. on top of that, um, seeing people thirst for them is also like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and me being like, okay, I need to like redo my look so I look more like Pedro Pascal. That's why I've got bad facial hair coming in. You know, so I'm like, if he can do oh it, oh my god! And every girl on the internet is like. <laughs> I need him, then maybe I can do it space too. Puppies. You know, like <laughs> space puppies. <laughs> That's it, man. I would kill to be in Star Wars. Oh, I would love to be. Like, in actually, Star Wars. tell me, tell me who I need to kill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> like, dude, just put me in the back somewhere. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just, fine. Let's let's make it happen. <laughs> um, or let me just tell a random story. I've got ideas. I've got ideas. Kathy Kennedy, I got you. Like. <laughs> we got some great stories. We got your back, girl. We yeah. got your back. Um, but yeah, like like we said, the standout people for me are constantly like Guillermo del Toro. Like he's he's been fantastic. Um, and obviously, like yes. on top of that, coming from the place that like different to like Robert Rodriguez, where people often question the actual quality of Robert Rodriguez's films. Mm -hmm. um, like he's got some some really good stuff, and he's got some less good stuff, and he's also got the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Um, yes. Someone like Guillermo del Toro that's been consistently telling stories that are, like, you know, at their core, like Latin American and immigrant stories, but also that are consistently, like, beloved. Like, I don't think that there's anything mm -hmm. that he's released that people have gone, that's bad. You know, it's, it's good or it's it's all right. Like, it's there's nothing mm -hmm. there. And even as I look through his, um, like, filmography, like, there's so, so many things here. Um, that he's done over the years that just are insane. Uh, and to yeah. be able to also go in and put like his, his hands on like the Hobbit series. Like originally he was meant mm -hmm. to be the driving factor behind those, which I kind of wish yeah. we still got because his hands are kind of only in the first Hobbit film. And the first Hobbit film is, it's wonderful. I love it so much. Two and three, are mm -hmm. a little bit different, but <laughs> one in particular <laughs> I've found to be great. And the key difference between them is, Obviously, the level of work that Guillermo did before production started on it, um, mm -hmm. and a script that came from not just Peter Jackson and Philip Boyens, but from from him as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. just continues to show like the importance of why we need our voices heard like every every time we do it we've got only good things that come out from it not only do we inspire other um people from other cultures to you know be louder and be stronger and push mm -hmm. for more and expect more um but we get these yeah, different kinds of stories that just yeah are consistently going to blow your mind um and i think we need also more because uh i think our stories as well as immigrants especially united states immigrant and stuff mm -hmm. like that you know most of the like we've been talking most of the films that we know are about generational trauma stuff like that the rest of the world knows our story knows what we go through here in this not just the immigrant but just in general issues that happen in the united states everybody knows them because you know the movies represent that i would love to see movies that represent the issues and the, and, and and the things that other countries go through yeah you know what that, that that doesn't relate to the immigrant experience like there's so many issues in our own countries that you know our people are going through it has nothing to do with the like with the immigration experience you know yeah like again, that that the movie that I recommended you guys, La Vendedora de Rosas, which is a like one of the most acclaimed Colombian movies in you know in Colombia and stuff. It's about the life of the you know little kids that live on the streets and the stuff that they go through and what they have to do to serve in order to survive and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 very you it you could tell that it's very kind of amateurish because they use real people. They 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 they. Like they got real little kids from the streets to yeah. act in the movie, but it it that's it makes it feel that real because that is exactly what they go through. You know, you see the issue of the the way the little kids um the way they uh you know handle their hunger is that they sniff on glue, the glue sniffers. That's Oof. all you see them like yeah and you see that you go to Colombia you see little kids. And you see them with a little brown paper bag with a, 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 a yeah. You need something uh, there, to suppress that hunger. There's no way around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's this, it's it's shoe glue. It's the yeah. glue that they use for the shoes, and you just see them just, you know, just like sucking on that the whole time because yeah. that's how they survive. Yeah, you know, and it, so again, I it would it would be awesome if we could get movies like that and maybe we'll produce here. Telling us about these issues from all the, uh, from over there, because again, there's more than just this kind of story. Is yeah, exactly, it is, and I think people need to expand. That's why everybody else knows about us here in the United States, but we don't know about the world unless yeah. people go out and travel or yeah. they watch a documentary or or a traveling channel. You know? Mm. Yeah, there are so many things that we are yet to learn. Um, even us mm -hmm. who are kind of more open minded and want to, it's like there's still so much that we don't know um yeah that at its core we need people out here telling us these kinds of stories so we can learn about it um and i find it interesting that, like for example the the story of like the immigrant experience now has also made its way into western media outside of just international stories um international of like uh like not in english speaking stories um mm -hmm. like there was a story mm -hmm. belfast that came out a couple of years ago which was talking about mm -hmm. something actually pretty similar um but uh, uh, Kenneth Brenner was telling his own tale of his family immigrating from Ireland to um, I don't know if it was they went to London or America I can't remember but like that was at its core like it's mm -hmm. like it almost shows that this 
kind of story isn't just unique to us and our families and our history. Like across every culture it exists and even um, for lack mm-hmm. of a better defining term, like white culture, like it's still, mm-hmm, it's still mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like when people come through and go like, why are we telling this story or why are they forcing this like down my throat or all this kind of stuff? It's like, what's interesting is that the story's pretty similar no matter where you go. We always have people who are outsiders that want to be not that. Um, and across the world in general, we've also got other tragic stories about, like you said, like people who are underprivileged that have to find certain ways to survive that mm-hmm. we kind of need to be able to bring light to. Um, and to do that, we need to be inspiring people of other cultures to come and tell this story because we mm-hmm. we're not going to know. Um, and that's why yeah. that space kind of needs to be constantly filled and supported by um, by everyone, you know, not just us supporting our own people, but supporting each other and supporting other cultures and pushing everyone to be better and be more open-minded yeah. and push for it. Like, well, why wouldn't you want that, though? You, you know, we could, so many good stories out there to tell. Why do you want to keep getting the same thing over and over again, you know? Because it's comfy and it doesn't make me question my existence or the failures of my forebearers. And, and you're boring. <laughs> yeah it's 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 like eliana said like allergic to flavor <laughs> yes absolutely allergic to it yeah like it's just salt and pepper that's it <laughs> yeah uh we've covered a decent chunk of time and across a few different ideas but i'm wondering like um are there any other thoughts or things that come up that you want to discuss before we start wrapping up a little bit um no, I think the one, just one more thought, um, something that we spoke about at the Latine panel in, um, in London, in Star Wars yeah. Celebration, was that we need to also find a balance of, yeah, it's important for us as Latine, uh, you know, actors and, and the stories and stuff to be told about our, our, you know, our culture, our history and stuff. But it's also, it also would be just as fun to see a Latine character just play a character just because, like, yeah. A Mission Impossible type of movie. Yeah. You know, type of thing. That he's just the lead character, but it's not because he's Latino or or that it has to relate to his culture. It's just that he's a freaking action star, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that a lot. And I think that, um, like, that's where things that have been really cool, like, for example, like in the MCU, like somebody like Zoe Saldana playing a like recurring character who's just a badass, mm-hmm. like is, is wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. we talked about, you know, like for example, like Poe Dameron in Star Wars, who's that kind of character. And even, um, exactly. yeah, like your Pedro Pascal's um, a little, which is like Oscar Isaac. Yeah. 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 Um, like they had that movie in, in on Netflix, right? Where it was like kind of like a, a, an extraction, like a, an action packed movie. And it was Pedro Pascal. Um, was it Oscar Isaac in it too? Yep. Yeah. They were, like, doing, like, a rescue mission or something like that. And it was just, they were being badasses. That was it. Triple Frontier. There you go. Triple yeah. Frontier. Um, and yeah. also, within the midst of it, like, um, like other huge stars, like Ben Affleck being in there, Charlie Hunnam, like, it just, just, we're just there. We're just there. Um, which mm-hmm. is, I love that concept as well. And like we were saying, like, The Last of Us this year um, was something that did that exactly. incredibly well. Like, it's just, it's not mm-hmm. something that's up for question. It's just like, okay, these people are here. And even to a certain extent, like having Ahsoka show up in the Mandalorian um, and be like, okay, this is like, she was like, you know, Latina coded like constantly. Like, you know, mm-hmm, that was, that mm-hmm. was the vibes. And then getting somebody yeah. in to, to play her. 
Um, which again, it's not sitting there going, guys, look at this, look, look at this person. It's just like, also, we're just, we're just there. We exist. Cause that's is. also yeah. kind of what real life is like too. You know, I don't want to be walking around having somebody come up to me and be like, oh my God, it's so great that you're Latin American. Like, cool. Like one, don't talk to me because, um, I get scared <laughs> of new people and two, um, I just exist, you know, like I just exist. And it is fun to talk about this stuff sometimes and go like, wow, like look how far we've come and how far we still have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's also just like, let's just keep seeing awesome e. stuff yeah um and putting out yeah. people in front of and behind the cameras writing and telling and creating mm -hmm. stories um yes and yeah kind of lifting our people up so we we continue to get that and continue to inspire other cultures to do the same as well mm -hmm. um absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah cool. uh, um I, well, I think that that's a pretty good place to wrap up a nice wholesome note um but I, I wanted to say, of course, um, thank you again for coming on. Today, in our last minute, we had to change a couple of things. So, Kari will be back soon. Oh, cool. We're going to watch Devil's Advocate. Um, but we had a last yes. switch up, so we're doing this instead today. Um, but I haven't seen that film, neither is Kay. So, we want to check that out and then come back and talk about it. So, we'll reschedule that in for a few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. Kari, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they'd like to? Yes, of course. You can find me as Estarguestia on TikTok, Twitter, Threads, and Instagram. Wonderful. And for me, I'm on Second Thought, um, which you can find best place is Instagram and using the link tree to find everywhere else because there's so many different on Second Thoughts that you're going to need to <laughs> yeah. find a different spelling for each one. <laughs> um, also, Movie Man Opinions wasn't here today, but obviously you can find him across all social medias and platforms as well. And you can also follow One With The Films on YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, like all of those places uh, if you want to know what we're doing next. Um, now, next week, we're going to have a double feature. So if you want a couple of films to watch this week, um, you will need to be watching Doom and Too Fast, Too Furious. And we're going to be doing them with Marley, uh, who also runs the Real Lovers podcast. So go give them a follow. Uh, watch those movies this week and then come back with us uh, to talk about them because it's going to be a great time. I mean, we've got a bunch of really good movies coming up um, as well and a bunch of other creators that are coming on, which are going to be really cool. So definitely follow along uh, and check out our social medias to see what's coming your way. I know in... About three weeks, we're watching uh, RRR, which is pretty good. And then we've got the entry level, the entry Fast and Furious as well, like the first one. Because I've seen none of those films ever. So I'm watching Too Fast, you Too Furious oh first. <laughs> and then I'm going to watch the original. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. Uh, but yeah, we'll yeah. leave it there. Thank you so much for your time today, Kari, um, and your thoughts. Oh, it's always so an absolute pleasure. Me. I love being here. Of yeah, course, well, I mean, always. we love having you, which goes to show because we've had you like, what, four times now? <laughs> And yeah. we keep, we'll keep going. Hell yeah. A regular, baby. You're the OG, I'll be man. I'll You're be... the OG. Hell yeah, I am. Awesome. Next one, we're doing uh, Devil's Advocate. That's going to be fun. So. Yeah, that one's yeah. going to be awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. If you're in the stream, um, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, the video will be available. Sorry, the, the audio will be available to stream uh, anywhere you get your podcasts uh, in a few days as well. So uh, be sure to check us out there. And you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Have a great day.